is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. And welcome to Cosmos and the City, the Sex and the City podcast. My name is Megan McKeever, and I'll be your host slash gal pal for the next hour or so. So for those of you listening for the very first time, we'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City, and each week I'll have a guest to join me. So this week we have an amazing guest for you, Katie French, and we'll be watching Season 3, Episode 18, the finale entitled Cock-A-Doodle-Doo. Now if you like what you hear and want to show us some love, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Cosmos and the City, or on Twitter at CATC Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please like, rate, and subscribe. It really allows our podcast to grow. And if you have any other thoughts, opinions, ideas, etc., you can email us at cosmosandthecity at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you. This show is brought to you by Boardwalk Audio, and they've got a lot of other awesome podcasts. So head over to boardwalkaudio.com to check them out. And if you like this show and want to support it, the best way to do so is by shopping. Yep, you heard it right. Just go to boardwalkaudio.com slash cosmos, click on the Amazon logo to the left, and start shopping away. We'll also put a link in the show notes. Alrighty, enjoy the episode. All right, well, hello for another episode of Cosmos and the City, the Sex and the City podcast. Today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 18, titled Cock-A-Doodle-Doo. And today I have the amazing Katie French. Yay! Yay. Hi! Welcome! Thank you so much. I cannot tell you how happy I am to be here. This is (laughs) totally a dream. I'm really excited that you're here. Yes, thank you. So Katie, tell us about yourself. I am a writer and a stand-up comedian in L.A., and I write and I do comedy. <laughs> so, nice. But most importantly, I am a huge Sex in the City fan. I think I've watched the entire series, um, I think, six times all the way through. Nice. So I feel like I know top to bottom I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. I have a lot— <laughs> Lot to say. Well, I'm excited to hear them. Uh, so, what's like your background with Sex in the City? How'd you get into it? So, this is kind of crazy. I was in high school when it was coming out, and I was a journalism major, or not journalism. I wasn't like taking journalism class. Mm-hmm. And my journalism teacher at the time, she was like middle aged lady, and for some reason, she pulled me aside and was like, "Hey, um, you know, I." just started watching this show, and I think that you'd really like it. And probably because it was, like, kind of edgy or for maybe she saw me as a Carrie. Uh, And so the thing is, though, that my mom also taught at my high school. And so that that journalism teacher, like, bootleg snuck me the DVDs (laughs) and was like, I don't know if you should tell your mom about this or not. And it was a female teacher. It wasn't, like, creepy. Right. But she was like, I— Maybe don't ask, don't tell your mom where you got these from because I'm her coworker and all this stuff. So I brought them home and my best friend Danielle and I like just devoured them nonstop. And I like just never, ever, I never was able to watch it like on HBO. I was always like the DVD, mm-hmm. you know, time, but it was oh, just what a dream. So that was my first introduction into it. That's awesome. Yeah. What a great teacher. She was great. I mean, you know, they all say teachers matter. They change your life. And she really, that's the most important thing I got from that class for sure. <laughs> awesome. All right, so this is the season finale of season three, Cockadoodle Doo. 
And so we'll just do like a quick recap. Sure. And, you know, we don't have to go in order. So whatever, you know, thoughts you have about something, you know, let it loose. We'll do it. So I will say that I'm so excited that you uh, assigned me the most problematic episode of Sex and the City (laughs) of all time. Like we know it's dated, but this is for what is happening now, which I'll say. So basically I'd say the four plot points are – Carrie meets with Big again, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, Miranda gentrifies a neighborhood and then calls the cops on her, quote, tranny hooker neighbors (laughs) who are also women of color. So bad. Uh, Miranda uh, is annoyed that the takeout lady knows her order and laughed at her because she does the same thing every night. She meets up with Steve and then uh, Charlotte is still recovering from her divorce, but she ends up actually sleeping with Trey finally. Yeah. His cockadoodle-doo works. Exactly. So that was really it. So I have, there's so many things to unpack here, but really. So many things. Um, yeah, I mean, the show starts with Carrie waking up, roosters are crow- crowing. Right. And she keeps calling them chickens. Right. For no reason, which is never, ever resolved, right? No, even at the end, she's yeah. like, the chickens are gone. And everyone keeps correcting her and saying roosters. That's a fun, fun point. Uh, that's just because she just doesn't learn. Right. <laughs> um. And then, yes, all the girls are at breakfast talking about the trannies. Oh, my God. There's Okay, first of all, they also have the worst pun of all time, which was, quote, um, because the these, as we will call them, uh, POC trans sex workers are constantly conducting their business beneath um, uh, Samantha's window. And the quote is, they're half man, half woman, totally annoying. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It is uh, something. Yes. However, they do, um, Samantha does point out that they they say the most vile thing she's ever heard. And so for Samantha to be horrified by something is pretty incredible. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel like Samantha said way worse things. All the time in that episode. But she's very offended by uh, their ever, ever present complaining or whatever the noise they're making with their gentleman callers. What, it, what does she say? It's like, if you don't get that thing out of my ass, I'm going to shit, shit on it. On it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and just Samantha's uh, portrayal of that line, it's just... Oh, yeah. They're also doing a lot of like talking, like code switching, or she's trying to like do impressions of them. Carrie does it at the end, too. Oh, she's yeah. like, who are you talking to? Oh. Like the most offensive. So, oh, God. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about that. That The last scene oh. is so... Crazy. Yes. Awkward. Why? Yeah. And so we're talking about at the very end to make nice, Samantha throws a rooftop party. Is that the yeah. scene you're talking about? And she invites all the, uh, the again, the POC trans sex workers <laughs> to join them. <laughs> and, of course, they're also like the most stereotypical. They're just like, yes, hunty, twirl, work, like all that kind of stuff. But it is so painful to see them interacting with uh, the women, it's so it's so awful. I, it, it's just like it's almost like the party itself is like segregated in a way. Oh, completely. It's like they're not really allowed to talk. They're all in the corner, and literally, there's a point where um, Carrie says to Miranda, um, "Like, watch your mouth. There's ladies present." And then Miranda says, "Where?" And she points over to the trans women. Like what? <laughs> the worst. And also, again, the fact that 
Moran, or Samantha has moved to this neighborhood, totally like gentrified. It's the meatpacking district. Right. Gentrified it. She complains. I even think she says, I pay $7,000 a month. I'm not going to hear your little like, cackling or she says something like that. She is like uh, just everything about it. And you would think that she would be so pro sex workers going on all night. But instead she calls them tranny hookers. And they say they make that half man, half woman pun a lot of times. Oh, they also say that um, uh, even when Samantha's or Samantha finally got her way because at the end of the day, Samantha always knows how to do with a man or something. Oh, it's yeah. so painful. And she calls, the, and then she's like, I'm calling the cops on you. Oh, it's it's brutal. Um, Yeah, I just don't understand why it was needed. They, why? because, I mean, they were like, let's be fun and edgy. And now she works, at, like, moved to the meatpacking district or whatever. She also throws water. Also that she assaults them. She throws water on them. And ruins one of their weaves, to which they come back and then they egg her window, as they should, which is like the nicest thing they could have done in retaliation to her. Yes. Which is crazy. They could have thrown rocks. Yeah. (laughs) Or slashed her, which, you know, whatever. Oh, also, like, why did she open the window? If someone's throwing eggs at your window. Oh, I know. Don't open it. I know. So ridiculous. Why'd she do that? So stupid. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that, that very last scene where you with the flower. Yeah. Get up, twirl, girl. And then she's like, who are you talking to? You want me to twirl? It is so the worst, cringe. most cringeworthy thing. Although they are wearing, um, she is wearing a classic Carrie outfit, which is like, they're like green, gray, velvet, hot pants. It basically mm-hmm. looks like she's wearing like a leotard with like a flower on top. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, but even the, uh, the that character, right. I don't even want to say it, like, um, Calls her out like, you need to eat something. Oh, yeah, she does. The, the hooker. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the sex worker. Yeah. Points out how skinny she is. It, yeah. The whole thing is insane. Well, let's see. So let's go from a most problematic to least problematic. Um, I'm going to go. The second most problematic is Miranda's subplot, which is she calls the Chinese food place to order her regular meal, and the lady laughs at her. And they also make it the most stereotypical Asian girl impression of yeah. all time. She's like giggling like a Harajuku girl, even though it's a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to do the impression because I don't want that sound bite out there. <laughs> but it's the worst. And she's mad. Why is Miranda mad at the late? This is what I don't understand. Why is she pissed that the woman knows her order and says it's the same thing every night? Because she's not. She's mad at herself. Right. Because she orders the same thing every night. But also, one, what is the problem with that? And two, this is just in a pre-Postmates world because now she'd be, like, so convenient. She'd be so happy to just order the same thing every night. And she'd probably get, like, coupons because she orders so much. Yeah. Which I would be happy about. But she takes it so far that she goes and she wants to confront the girl about laughing at her. And then when she gets there, she realizes that the girl just constantly giggles at everything and it wasn't personal in the end. No. Which is so, so bad. The the portrayals of POCs in this episode are really not great. (laughs) Not good at all. Um, though I, I did like uh, the server when she goes into the restaurant and sits oh, down yeah. and orders. And she's like, well, you know, let me try something new. Oh, yeah. And the look that that server the gives server's her. The server's like eye roll. She's like, oh, great. Here we go. It's so good. Um, yes. Yeah, so the, so we'll get into that a little more. Um, what else? Uh, Carrie Big. Carrie Big. I will say, okay, this is an exciting episode also because we have some iconic Sex in the City scenes that happen in this episode. Yes. So number one, we have the Miranda Carey fight. 
about don't go back to big because I won't help you this time, which is a great classic fight of theirs. And also, I feel like I've had to give that monologue to friends before, <laughs> yes. and it didn't go well. It's their first, quote-unquote, big yeah, fight. Yeah, exactly. We have the uh, the Carrie and Big meeting and falling into the pond at Central Park, which is a classic. And I will say, I, one of my favorite things in the whole series is anytime Sarah Jessica Parker screams. Oh, I just love, I do love her shriek. I almost want it as like a ringtone or something because it is so adorable and I do just adore her. And it's like, you get it when uh, she falls there, when she gets mugged, when she sees like a mouse anytime. So we got a good uh, SJP scream there. It's really high. I don't even know how she does that. Yeah. Can we drop in a like drop in a sound drop right here so that we can yeah. hear it? Right there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's I, I think she might have one of those like crazy octave voices. Right. She's she can just scream in like five octaves. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's it's she has a naturally high voice anyways, too, though. Yeah, but still. I know. It's really, but I thought, I find it so charming. It's like so comforting to hear her little Carrie scream. I know. So I love that one. In that episode where it just starts like pouring rain. Oh, yeah, exactly. And her skirt, like it's yeah. blown up. All of those. She's just in the street screaming. That's, see, that's, you know, you're a real fan because you can just drop all the time she screams. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Um, oh, yeah. But that scene at the end when she's seeing Big, I just, she just looks, Beautiful and gorgeous. It's a classic. I think she, I think I was just reading that. I think she's carrying that um, Christian Dior saddlebag, which was very hot in, I'm going to say this was year 2000 or something. Yes. And she, oh, she also says when they fall into the pond, she says, she says something like, my dress, my hair, my Christian Dior handbag. Like, name drops the whole thing. It was very reminiscent of, do you remember when Kim Kardashian like got thrown in the water and lost her like $75,000 earring? Yes. <laughs> like this was pre Kim K, but it was very uh, it was a predecessor of it. Um, she also, but that dress is like so beautiful. Anytime I feel like anytime she goes to meet Big for a me- major scene, she's wearing like an iconic, beautiful mm-hmm. dress. Um, she also, oh, this is also the introduction of his red wall into his building. I mean, into his bedroom, yeah, which is a classic Big signature. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have red bottom shoes. He has like that one red wall to make him look like masculine and aggressive I don't know yeah it's not cute it's not cute though no it's not a good red yeah nope <laughs> which they talk about which they also <laughs> reference let's see um we can talk about oh Charlotte Charlotte yeah okay this is where all right now let me just say I adore this show love these women if I met any of them in real life would hate them with a passion <laughs> I would be like you guys are the most ridiculous entitled obnoxious emotionally ridiculous people I've ever met. So Charlotte's whole thing is like, Trey can't get it up this whole time because they got married. Now they realize they got married too soon. She, did, did, they dated for three months, I think, right? Yeah, it's very short. It was insanely short. And so she's like, do you think you couldn't get it up because we got married too quick? And I'm like, you guys are both psychopaths. <laughs> three months? Three months. If you had any friend who came to you and was like, we're getting married. I mean, are you kidding? Yeah. Total psychopath. I can't. Oh, it it drives me crazy. But then they try. They finally do bone because now they're divorced. But she realizes. Pressure's off. Yeah, pressure's off. But she realizes they're done anyways. But at least he could bone that one time. Well, but, they're just separated. Oh, that's right. That's right. Not divorced yet. Yeah, not official. But um, so ridiculous. And you should know again, bone before you get married, so that you know it can happen. I mean, it's just all ridiculous. And in some ways, I'm sorry to be anti-feminist, but I'm like, it serves you right. You should. This is what happens when you are ridiculous and rush into that and marry for money. 
Well, she she didn't test it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Test the car. Then again, it was worth it for that apartment because his apartment is like really, really swanky. It is pretty dope. Yeah. Although they also, all these women have, especially Charlotte, like she has the taste of a 80-year-old heiress. Like their stuff, I don't find their apartments to be like, hers aren't chic. It's like the most grandeur, like extreme. Yeah. It's not a pottery barn even. It's like, I don't know what, I don't know where rich people get their like gold columns, but it's very, um, like dry and pristine. She's French country. Yeah, French Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly it. Ugh, it's not my aesthetic. No. Ugh. No. Um, let's talk about, so Miranda and Carrie run into Stephen Aiden. <gasps> this is a nightmare. This is the worst. That is the wor- the only thing worse than ha- like running into an ex would be running into you and your best friend's exes, and they're on dates. And they're on dates, but they don't know that at they first. They don't know it at first, but it is the absolute most painful thing ever. And and also, even worse though, because Aiden is so hot. Aiden, I'm always team Aiden until I die. He looks great in this episode. He's grown a little bit of stubble. Are you sure he looks great? Because that, that weird, like, goatee thing. It does look a little bit like kind of like a medieval prince, but <laughs> yeah. it's still, I still love it. He's still wearing his, like, denim chambray shirt. I don't think he has, like, the turquoise necklace, but no. But his hair looks luscious. Um, I always think Steve's cute, too. I like, I like Steve is probably, of all of them, the guy I'd, like, be most likely to date. But also his voice, he's always just like, Miranda. <laughs> I don't know if I could deal with this voice for that long. Like, it's so annoying. Also, I'm not from New York, but I don't know that his New York accent is that realistic. Like, it sounds like a very exaggerated, like, sixth-grade play version of a New York accent. But we'll <laughs> let him have it, you know. Um, but also, they they can choose, like, Miranda and Samantha, or, and Carrie can choose to not walk by them. They see them before. Totally. They see them. I would have been like, absolutely not. Go the other way. No, they have, they could could have just gone the other way, crossed the street. Yeah. And kept going. Anything. But they were like, you know, we have to make this plot point happen. So let's move forward with it. Because I think even besides, yeah, it's a plot point, but I think they wanted to. No, it's true. They saw if if they had seen them with the girls, maybe not. Yeah. But they thought that they were just sitting over there talking about them. Yeah. With their dogs being sad. Right. They wanted to go and be like, ho, ho, hello, hello. And be like, oh, yeah, we're the reason you're sad, right? Yeah. Um, it's so, I, I, it makes me so uncomfortable for them. What a nightmare. Also, I will say, can I talk about outfits yet? Sure. That scene features, this is one of my biggest pet peeves in all TV shows, movies, or whatever. It's when two characters are wearing vastly different outfits for the weather. So for example, in that scene, Carrie is wearing like long sleeves, denim, like long pants and everything. And Miranda is in a like short tube top dress. And I'm like, what is the weather that day that we can be so vastly different? Like that happens to all the time in Sex, Sex in the City. Someone will be like full like coat bundled up and then Carrie's like in a, like the naked dress or something. So unrealistic. It drives me nuts. But that was one of those scenes. Yeah. Um, also, I I felt... Bad for Miranda, especially when uh, Steve's new girlfriend, Jessica, oh, yeah. was like, do you want to still go to that movie or do you just want to go back and crash? Oh. You know, I was like, oh. She knew. I feel a bit bad for Miranda a lot, but it's all because of her hair. <laughs> it's so bad. It gets better. Slightly. Yeah. When she grows it out a little. Yeah. that Those are the best years. That For the two movies, she had good hair. Yes. And for six seasons, it was, oh, God, mm. God bless you. I love you, Cynthia Nixon. I support your political causes, everything. <laughs> All right, let's see. Where are we at? Um, man, we've talked about a lot. 
Carrie realizes. Oh, yeah. At some point, Carrie's like, you know, on her computer and she's like, maybe it's not all the guy's fault. Oh, yeah. She's like, maybe we're responsible for some of this too. Which is, if they could understand that, we could cut the series in half because, oh, Charlotte also at one point wishes that um, maybe there were no men. Because if there weren't men, then we wouldn't have broken hearts. Like the most childish thing. And then I think at that point, Samantha's like, oh, God, honey, something's happening to her. She wants no men. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, let's see. What else? How do you feel about the big Carrie, re- like Carrie meeting up with Big again? I mean, I think it's something she had to do. Who called who? He called her. He called her. And he said he needed to talk. Yeah. Well, that's what I, what did he need to talk to her about? And they don't even talk afterwards. He basically was like, so you want to stay in bone? And she's like, no, we're like that red wall. It's a good idea in theory, but in reality, it doesn't work. I I hate it when she goes, sweet friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. (laughs) It is. The word when she gets really poetic and like it's that whole her Hubble speech. It's the same kind of yes. thing Ugh. where she's like, "Let me be, make, do a really dramatic monologue," and half the time, literally, that. the guy is like, "I don't know what you're talking about, dear sweet friend." Oh, it's so obnoxious. And also, I I don't like big. I think it's the most codependent relationship. It's the most damaging codependent relationship that's ever been present in media. <laughs> I say that to the day I die. It. It's insane. I get the appeal of him because of, like, the money, and he has a certain amount of swag. But, like, I feel like after two of the breakups, I'd be like, I'd never talk to you again. We're done. And instead, she's like, should I marry you twice? Like, (laughs) the worst. Well, also, it's annoying because he says, was it all my fault? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, always. Duh. Definitely your fault. Yeah. Oh, he also, the first thing when they get back to his house, the thing I guess he wanted to talk to her about is he goes... I like living alone again. And she's like, that doesn't surprise me. And it's like, yeah, dude, duh, you broke up. So, so awful. Yeah. He also like, she isn't, I'm so team Miranda. She's so annoying about him. She always goes back. She's always like, you don't get it. It's like me and Big have a thing and you don't understand how much I need to cheat on Aiden about. Like, it's so, I have... So many feelings about them. Well, I think Miranda was right to get upset. Yeah, totally. I would. We've all had those friends or been those friends that like never fucking stop talking about it. Always cry. Always go back to it. It's like the same complaint every time about their relationship. And I'm like, shut up about it or break up and let's never talk about it again. Either or. It's exhausting. They also, um, I was going to say about uh, Miranda. Well, I guess... I guess one of the lines that Steve says to Miranda in this episode is he goes, Miranda, (laughs) I have to do the voice. (laughs) He's like, no one can ever know what really happened between us but me and you. So I guess that also applies to Carrie and Big because, you know, when you're in a relationship, like you have an understanding and other people don't understand it. And but still, it's it's damaging to America is what I is my final thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, also, like. Carrie says that, like, Miranda just threw Steve away. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they broke up. Yeah, totally. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. And Carrie's very – she's just very sensitive about everything, and she always wants to, like, clap. Even though I I love Carrie. I still feel that I'm half Carrie. (laughs) But she is always, like, turns it around on other people really quickly. Like, even when, you know, when she asks 
eventually, or I don't know when she asks Charlotte for to borrow money. Right. You know? She's like, this isn't about your dad and his friend, Charlotte. It's about me and you and you giving me your money. Like, it's so, it's like, no, girl, we're not talking about that and you're wrong, but okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, just because you're not those specific people, it's like the past shows, right. it doesn't work well. Yeah. Giving friends money, especially like, was it $30,000? Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> and also, bitch, you spend it on your own shoes. And I'm sorry, we're talking about another episode, no, but we'll okay. get back to we'll get back to this one. Um, do you feel are you are you Aiden or Big? Hmm. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> it's a tough question. I just I like both of the relationships. Um, obviously, I I don't think it was ever going to work with Aiden. Really? Well, he he's just too good for her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I do believe that her and Big just deserve each other. Oh, actually, that's a great, great point. Wow. Yeah. You just flipped me on that. Damn. <laughs> that's true. So it's not necessarily that I like Big, but I think they do work well. They do deserve each other well. Yeah. That's a great like thing to th- say to someone and then slam the door. <laughs> Was that said in this series? We'll have to Google it. But anyways. <laughs> Um, but I do like her and Aiden. I think Aiden, he was a sweet guy. They looked like they had fun together. She yeah. just like couldn't get her shit together. You know what's funny is like between Aiden and Big, people might think that like Big is not a realistic man. And I'm like, no, actually there's like a million Bigs in the world. Like these Wall Street baker guys who just make a shit ton of money. They're good. They're hot. They can get their stuff. There's no Aidens who actually exist in real life. There is no hot furniture maker who's like in- wealthy enough to buy her second apartment, build it all himself. Like this man does not come in one package. It's like you get like a really rough around the edges furniture maker or some like cool hippie guy that makes no money. It's just not, it's not realistic. So Aiden, bigs, you can find a big in the world. You cannot find an Aiden. I, I have to agree with that. It's my, yeah. Um, though my fiance thinks that he's a Steve. So he Oh, there's, there's a lot of Steve. I, yeah. Like I said, I would be most likely to date Steve because he's a great, I do love, oh, he's just a salt of the earth. You know, he's from Brooklyn, I guess. <laughs> I think, oh yeah. He's his, from Brooklyn. Yeah. He's a good kid. That's so great. <laughs> Um, and also, like, I, I really like Steve, like, his arc, you know, throughout this whole series. Like, he ends up owning a bar. Yeah, he 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 glows up. Yes. He has the most glow up. I don't know if anybody else has it the same way. It's true. He's a great example of, like, date him before he finds himself and then, like, enjoy his success later. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, Miranda— um, Miranda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was just so, you know, when she found out that he was opening a bar. Yeah. And she was like, that was my idea. Yeah. Well, girl, but you threw him away. So it's your <laughs> fault, really. She gets him back, though. I do also relate to Miranda because Carrie accuses her of being very judgmental, which, first of all, they're all judgmental. Yes. Like, the whole series is like, what are we about judgmental about this week? But I totally, I'm very judgmental like Miranda, so I, I understand her frustrations. Um, unfortunately, we don't get to know this random dude that Samantha was doing. Oh, yeah. No name. <laughs> but she's acting so crazy. He leaves. It's very, uh, yeah, he was a real just guest star for the week. Um, but he says uh, a good line. He's like, you're not going to pull a Lorena Bobbitt, are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I God. remember back in the day, I was like, who's Lorena Bobbitt? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That- so I had to go, um... 
research it. Do some Googling. Oh, which is another theme with the trans sex workers. They're constantly chopping, cutting, talking about chopping it off. Yes. Like she's like, I'll come down there and chop it off for you. And the other one's like, I already got mine chopped off. And it's, again, very problematic. I'm so sorry to the community. On behalf of all white women, we apologize. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yeah. I just, the writers, man. Um, here's Okay. Here's another theory I have. And I might be wrong, but I also don't think the series is realistic because it was like created by and largely written by a gay man. So it's like a gay man's version of women. It's not a actual true female's version of women. This is my, this has always been my theory about it because I don't find them to be like, they're the way that like, you know, women want the like stereotypical best friend, like gay best friend in a romantic comedy. I feel like this show is like what those gay men think they want in like a stereotypical white woman best friend. Like right. they're like, she should be rich. She should wear designer labels. The end. <laughs> like it's a weird reverse stereotype of what they want. But there were some women writers. I'm sure. No, I'm sure there were. But it just seemed to me a lot of it was like, like Samantha to me is I'm just like, oh, you're just like a a gay man who's like, they just changed your name to be Samantha Otherwise, you would be like half the gay dudes I know. Again, maybe I said something wrong to the community. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I believe that about Samantha, which I, which is why I really like that episode where uh, we meet that the drag queen Samantha. Oh, right. That's <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great one. That's good. Um, let's see. So Charlotte and Trey. Like I, I had forgotten that Trey wasn't even in this episode. Yeah, like he just shows up. He's very forgettable, even though we love Kyle McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yeah, I always always get it. I don't know what it is. I do love him. Um, But yeah, he's pretty, like, he just drops into bone, I guess. And why why does all of a sudden, because they're separated, and he's like, I've been thinking about you so much. That's all of a sudden why he can do it, I guess. I guess. Tale as old as time, man. They don't want you until you're gone. So true. And So frustrating. Yeah. Do you think that... If Carrie had stayed with Big that day, that their relationship maybe could have worked? I think, no. I think it was just going to be the same repeat. Because she knew, like, she knew how it ended if she did stay. Which actually, to be honest, I'm surprised she didn't. Because she usually always goes back to him. And will always justify it as, like, one last time. Or he just needed this. Or I was feeling this. Um so I think it's, like, trying to show her, be like, no, I have more respect for myself. And I'm not going to do this again. But um, I think it would have been the same thing. It, it, it would just been them. Uh, they, they do this throughout the series, you know? It's like this is not this, the end of them anyways. So no. Do you think if she hadn't have seen Aiden earlier? That's, yeah. Because she says, I think it's the next episode, whenever the bar opens. Yeah. You know, she's like, she sees Aiden. Aiden's looking real good. Yeah. And she's like, I've been thinking about him, you know, but I wonder if just that that meeting, that seeing him after so long randomly with another girl. Yeah. If that maybe got her wheels turning again. Well, you know, what's funny is I would think that that would make her stay with Big because it would make mm. her feel like insecure and alone or something and be like, well, he always wants me to stay. Um, but surprisingly, she actually makes the healthier decision to leave. 
for once. Yeah. Also, it's not realistic that she would have come out of that bathroom with her hair looking so gorgeous. Never. She has like full <laughs> eyeliner. Always. She just fell in a lake and then she's like, oh, no, I don't smell like a pond, but I look like gorgeous. Wait, but you hear like the hair dryer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, does he have your diffuser? Right. Yes, exactly. Like it would have taken like an hour for your hair to. At least yeah. to recover. You know, movie magic. <laughs> um, let's see. Mm. I want to talk about my favorite pun. Yeah. It's it's the worst pun and it is so stereotypical. It's at the end when they're having the rooftop party with the uh sex workers and Carrie's like, "Oh, these drinks they're called a flirtini." And then stupid Samantha's like, "A flirtini? I need a fucktini." It is the worst <laughs> Worst pun, it's the it's classic Samantha. Like, all her puns sound like SNL parody puns, you know? <laughs> yes. But it's like, ooh, good one, girl. How funny and what? You're so sassy. That whole scene just still so awkward. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I had written down any other horrible puns. No, I think that was the one. Oh, the half man, half woman, totally annoying. Horrible. Just horrible. <laughs> Oy. Hey everyone, there's more Cosmos on the way, but first a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. All right, well, let's get into some segments. Okay. Okay, so our first segment is Good Big, Bad Big. Good Big, Bad Big. I want to say he was being classic big. Mmm. I think that... No, I think he's bad because he was still trying to lure her there. For some reason, he wanted to talk. Yeah. He's like, oh, now you have to go take a shower at my house. Now we're sitting on the bed. Then he's like, don't you want to stay, kid? Or whatever bullshit he says. I hate it when he calls her kid. Kid and dear. Yeah, that's her version of like, sweet friend, dear (laughs) Hubble. He's always like, all right, kid. Uh, No, yeah, he's bad. He's bad. He's bad for her. He's bad for her, Carrie. That's what Miranda says. (laughs) He's bad for you. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't think he's all that bad in this episode. No. He's I not mean, in his worst Overall, behavior. he's bad. Right. But I mean, I think, I don't necessarily, he does ask her to stay. And yeah, I think maybe boning was implied, but I don't know if it was for sure. A demand, but they are sitting there in white robes. Yeah. In his bedroom, in his new red bedroom. True. His den of seduction. Yeah, he didn't have to take her there. No. Okay, maybe you're right. Bad big. Okay, I've convinced you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we have a bad big. Next up, hottie of the week. Hottie of the week. Aiden, always, forever. (laughs) You know, I'll throw Steve in there because Steve was looking pretty good. Let's see, who... A lot of guys were in this one. We Samantha's unnamed fuckboy. Unnamed. Oh, uh, Trey. Trey. Big. Is that it? Steve, Aiden, unnamed fuckboy, Trey, big. A New Jersey guy who hired one of the hookers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, that we don't specific. know. Um, yeah, I have to agree. Um I think Steve. Your Steve's your dude. Yeah, I think Steve in this one. Yeah. Because I thought that he was very charming at the Chinese restaurant. That's true. He's all, the thing is, Steve is actually, until the movies, Steve is the perfect guy. Because he's like, 
He gets angry when he should be angry. He's usually very understanding. He's playful. He's like, even when she's like, how's your new relationship? He's like, it's all right. Like, he's not like, oh, she's amazing. I'm going to fall. You know, he like always knows his like social cues and what he should be saying or not. So he is kind of always, always a dream guy. Yeah. I'm like, I want like a, the body of Aiden with the heart of Steve or something. That's my dream. <laughs> yeah. I do think Aiden's cuter. Yeah. I mean, they're both they're both sweet, but oh, Aiden's hair. I'm just really into long hair right now. Oh, it's so you don't like gorgeous. it when he cuts it? I mean, he still looks handsome, but the hair just looks beautiful. To be honest, actually, his hair is like my hair goals. I think that's why. We have like about the same cut. <laughs> I like his waves. I wish I had his volume and sheen. So I think that's really what I'm go- actually attracted to. <laughs> okay. So yours is Aiden. Yeah, for sure. All right. Mine's Steve. Honey of the week. Let's see. Next up. Uh, so we kind of already went over this, but we'll just go restate it. Pun of the week. Pun of the week. Not a flirtini, a fucktini. So fucktini. Yeah. Really bad. It's so, yeah. And I'm sure there were some puns with the roosters and the crowing and... There was a lot of, oh yeah, those, by the way, those roosters were on the roof because they'd been victims of like cockfighting rings. And then Carrie's like, it's okay, keep them on the roof. And then by the end, she's like, no, kill them. Put them back inside. I don't care. <laughs> she didn't say kill she them. She didn't say kill them, but, you know, she wanted them back inside. Move them in. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, she was so nice. And then she got all not nice. You know, you lose two nights of sleep. So I, I get it. It's true. Um, okay, next up, we have who wore what, why? What? Why? So just any fashion? So, so many. Okay. When Samantha comes down to yell at the hookers the first time, it's the middle of the night and she comes down in a gold lame trench coat Mm -hmm. and high heels. (laughs) I think she was, I was like, what? I think she's trying to like stunt on them to show how cool and chic she is. And they do, um, they do compliment her heels. Yes. And which she likes and does like a really painful like little Ugh, snap snap hey girl so, don't i know it oh God. thing um which also a favorite line later is that uh one of the sex workers is yelling at her she's like and by the way those heels weren't that cute which i was like good take the throw the shade you yeah. know give her a clap back um so she's wearing gold lame for no damn reason uh carrie is wearing again the carrie uh, miranda wearing totally different dressed very differently for the um weather Carrie is wearing a very 2000s. Like, I think I had that outfit. It's kind of like a, it's like a pink long sleeve. I think there's like fringe on it for some reason, probably. Who knows why? It's like a pink long sleeve, like button shirt. Not like a button up. It doesn't have a collar, but it's buttoned up with like um, really great like flare jeans that are kind of like um, denim destroyed. It looks like there's paint splatter and tears. Like (laughs) this was a very like height of Abercrombie kind of era. So I feel like, oh, I, I probably wore that outfit a lot in high school. This actually might have been the time when she had she had another clothing line. Do you remember this? Oh, what was bitten? the name of Bitten. No, this oh. was before Bitten. Oh. This was like this was like a cheap um Was, it, the, was a, it for that like college retailer? I, I want to say it's something like it started with a B like like not Barney but like something and something. It was like I want to be like, 
say it was like a, yeah, like Stephen somebody's Steve, retailer. No, I could swear that was Stephen Barry's? Yeah, maybe. Something like that? I want to say, I thought that was her bitten line, and then the new one is SJP. Maybe I'm wrong. No, this was, like, back in the day. Okay. And it was, like, all the clothes were, like, super cheap. Yeah. They were, like, Abercrombie-esque, right? I remember it was, like, striped shirts and something like that. But it was, like, but it was, like, affordable. Right. I just knew that. Yeah. But I didn't find out about it until it was, like, going out of business. Over, because it wasn't that great. (laughs) Um... Her other outfits. Oh, she yeah. At the end, she's wearing that jumpsuit. That's kind of classic. She's. I mean, you guys. Literally, it's like a, like a velvet diaper, is what she's wearing on, on the roof. Yeah. It's so short. Her legs are pale, which you know I relate to. But it's like so inappropriate. It's basically like a diaper leotard situation, and she's wearing, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine. She's wearing round-toed pumps, mm. and I think they're round-toed in satin, which is like oof. To me, it's a little much. Um, But we haven't talked about what she comes home in from Big's apartment. Oh, that is an (laughs) iconic one, too. You're totally right. She is wearing Big's white, like the classic romantic comedy, white button-up shirt with a belt over it. But it is so short on her. Like, it's literally, like, I was like, is her vagina hanging out? Because Yeah. Yeah, so she walks home in a belted, the classic shirt dress, but it's, so short, which so also doesn't short. make be, do, doesn't make sense because he's very tall and she's so tiny that any of his shirts I feel like would be down to her knees practically. It does not the the science there doesn't make sense, but I know that she like puffed it out. But that's actually one of her classic. That's a very Carrie outfit because you know how Carrie likes to. It's not that she gets dressed; it's that she makes clothes like she makes things out of other things. So yes, it'll be like oh, this is my like satin pajama pants with a camouflage top or something. Yeah, I just can't believe she walked home in that. Yeah, but she also, that's one thing is like, I don't feel like she has a very slutty vibe, but she wears like very revealing clothes. Like a lot of times she'll be in like a bra with a see-through dress over it. She has the naked dress. She's very, she dresses very provocatively actually. But I think it's interesting because she is so fit and in shape. It's like less noticeable. It's true. And it, it doesn't look like trashy the way sometimes Samantha, oh, Samantha at the barbecue is wearing what looks like a slutty country girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks like a Halloween costume of like Ellie Mae. It it's totally does. Red and white checked gingham and it's booty shorts and a bra. Oh no, like a bandeau top with puff sleeves. Why? And her hair's in two pigtails, which mind you, I think at this time she's probably 40, right? Oh yeah. Which like, even if I, it looks like you're pl- in weird role playing wear or something it's embarrassing like I I don't know if at any stage that we would have ever worn that much less to be a woman of a certain age dressed like country like a country stripper it also looked like maybe an outfit you would buy from like one of those sexy shops yeah totally you know for like bedroom fun Role, yeah role-playing if you're like I don't know a redneck <laughs> I, it's so so disturbing oh also in that one, I think Miranda's wearing kind of a very classic Miranda outfit, which is like a dress that doesn't fit her well. It's not fitted. It's also in a horrible color scheme, and it's like some sort of like embroidered ethnic pattern, but it just clashes. Hor- it's like, girl, what? For someone who supposedly buys labels, she doesn't. She always seems to buy whatever was on clearance. That's my theory on Miranda's outfits. Man, that's a good one. I have to agree with that because yeah. I could see her buying, being frugal. Yeah, I, I can see that. 
And she's, I mean, no offense, she actually dresses, my mom is like one of those white ladies that likes to wear a lot of like ethnic stuff from like Chico's and whatever. (laughs) So anytime there's like, oh, this is like a Guatemalan embroidered top, like my mom is always going to rock that. And it seems very Miranda to do that. (laughs) Charlotte's also wearing a classic Charlotte silhouette, which I myself wore a lot in high school, which at the time was very cool, which is basically like not a pencil skirt, but like kind of a straight A-line skirt and a very boxy tank top. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I wore that to like five out of seven dances and on Tuesdays with some <laughs> sort of platforms. It's like, I can never, I mean, her style is very waspy, but it's very, it's very matronly, just like her French country apartments. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, doesn't really do her justice. Sorry. Maybe that's why Trey couldn't get it up. That A-line skirt was not, it's not, uh, you know, form fitting enough for him. No. All right. Any other Let's see, Final fashion, last looks. Fashion thing. Yes, last I think, looks. <laughs> last looks. I think that was, uh, yeah, I think that was it. All right. Well, we've come to our final segment. You're such a. You're such a. So now you have to decide which one of the four main girls do you most identify with in this episode. In this episode, I'm a Miranda. I'm yes. in my Guatemalan embroidered top just judging <laughs> Carrie. And wishing I hadn't been such a bitch to Steve. <laughs> yeah. No. But we all make our own decisions. And Carrie's annoying in this. You know, I'd be mad at her. So I get it. <laughs> who are you? Um, who am I? Let's see. Not a Samantha in this episode. <sighs> I think I might be a Charlotte. Mm. Yeah. Why? Just kind of, I've you know, I've definitely been there where I just kind of get obsessed. Like, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Or I've just gotten out of a long-term relationship and like, now what do I do? Yeah, who are you? But then they kind of come back and it's like, right. you're still trying to figure out, can you work it out? Right. Can you not? Yeah, I've been there a lot. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're such a Miranda. Yeah. And I never thought I'd say that, but the older I get... I'm really turning from a Carrie into a Miranda. <laughs> oh, I did want to say too that like really quick back to the fashion. Okay, so my mom would, ever since I was, you know, a teen, like I was always watching Sex and the City. I was obsessed with it. My mom would always be like, you're going to grow up and be a little Carrie Bradshaw, blah, blah, blah. And now I actually am like, I am a writer by day. I do work from home and I sit in a studio apartment all day long. <laughs> and I do want to like figure out a bit about this. But basically, I was thinking about her fashion and how crazy it is. And I was like, actually, I think it's because when you sit at home alone all day, you're so bored that you are like, let me just go through my closet and wear everything. So that's why you end up in like army boots and a ball gown with like a shawl over you. And she's just like, it's fashion. And I'm like, no, it's like being isolated and mentally ill. (laughs) That's what I relate to. So I just want to say that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. (laughs) Carrie Bradshaw was not well, nor am I. Uh, So, (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I do want to give one shout out just as a Sex and the City fan. Sure. Um, I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year, and I saw a one-woman Sex and the City show by, uh, her name's Carrie Ipema, Mm. and she does a one-woman show, and she uh, performs the entire series. And it's fantastic. And I think she just took it off Broadway. So oh, wow. if you guys are in New York, go see the One Woman Sex and City show. It's super awesome. Yeah, go check it out, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for that, too. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Cheers. Bye, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Miranda. 
Well, that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I also want to thank a few people that make this show possible. John Fredette for the music. You can check him out at johnfredette.com. Our wonderful guest, Katie French, Terrence Deutsch, our producer, and everyone over at Boardwalk Audio. Again, if you like what you hear and want to show us some love, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook, both at Cosmos and the City or on Twitter at CATC Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please go like, rate, and subscribe. It really allows our podcast to grow. And if you have any other thoughts, opinions, ideas, etc., you can email us at cosmosandthecity at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers! And a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.